0: Good morning. Good morning. Oh, thank you. It is so good to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I'll tell you in just a moment just how long it's been that I've been looking forward to it, but it's been a while. Uh, As Pastor Jason said, my name is Krista. It's my privilege to serve on the district staff as the director of clergy development and care. And I raise my own support for that role and Centennial Road, was one of the first churches that joined me as a financial partner when we launched in January of this year so thank you for that thank you for the investment that you are making in the raising up of new pastors and in caring for the well-being of pastors who serve all across our district so thanks for being part of that team I told you I've been looking forward to this for a while pastor Jason reached out to me on March 5th and asked me to be here today He wanted to get me on the calendar before my calendar filled up, and I think he was overestimating how full my calendar might be Um, But I immediately had two thoughts one was this this guy really plans ahead and Two this will be the most prepared. I've been for a sermon ever (laughs) December 19th seems so far away on March 5th, and then suddenly it was around the corner and I wasn't prepared at all and I suspect that lots of you have similar experiences this time of year right isn't it true we know Christmas is coming but in March or in October even it still seems a long way off and even though we've had a whole year to prepare boom suddenly it's here and we're scrambling and that is why I love the season of Advent because Advent is a season of the church year that invites us to set down the scramble and settle in to the preparation of our hearts it's a season that invites us to step away from the distraction of what we need to get or what we'd like to give and step into what is already given the hope the peace the joy and the love of Jesus I really do pray that this season you have been finding hope in the hurt and peace in the pandemonium holy joy in the holly jolly And on this last Sunday of Advent, let's open our hearts to receive the gift that ties them all together, love. The whole Bible, of course, is about love, but we're going to turn to the book that talks about love more than any other one. If you've got your Bible with you, I encourage you to open it, paper or digital, and find 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 we're going to be reading from verse 7 dear friends let us continue to love one another for love comes from God anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like jesus here in this world such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not yet fully experienced his perfect love we love each other Because he loved us first This is the word of the Lord and May he give us insight and understanding as we meditate on it this morning I encourage you to keep it open and follow along as we work our way down through this text John as you may have noticed loves the word love Uh, The word love in its various forms pops up 43 times in this short letter, letter every 50 words He uses the word love a whopping 23 times in those few verses that we just read And so the first and perhaps most obvious observation that we can make from all of those words about love is this God is love God is love look again at verse 8 anyone who does not love does not know god for god is love he says it again in verse 16 god is love years ago i was watching jeopardy one evening with the staff and residents of the group home that i worked in and one of the categories was Bible verses. And I was like, yes, I'm a seminary student. I grew up in the church. I've been teaching Sunday school since I was 11 years old. This is my category to clean up. I'm going to make so much cash, imaginary cash, here. And so Alex comes to this clue. And I, I'm serious. This was the clue. Finish this verse. God is. This is like exactly what the. The, the uh, slide looked like, and it had the reference: "God is First John four 8. and no one—not a contestant on the show, not a person in the room that I was watching it with—could come up with the answer: "What is love?" Eight hundred dollars at stake, and like cricket silence on the set, and I sat there stunned thinking, "Is it possible? Like, can these super-smart trivia buffs who have every bit of information known to human beings stuck in their brains not know that God is love? And what about my coworkers? There was half a dozen of us in the room, and we were working at Heritage Christian Home. And no one knows that the verse uh, "God is finishes with the word love and it was the first time in my life I realized that I had taken for granted that everybody knew what I had always known I don't know if you grew up in Sunday school and had this verse memorized since you were five I don't know if you're hearing it for the very first time this morning but if you only take one thing away from today, take this. God is love. There are so many things that we can say about God, right? God is powerful. God is sovereign. God is just. God is faithful. God is merciful. God is good. But every single truth about God boils down to this one. God is love love is the essential defining aspect of who god is and everything god is and does flows from love if you've been watching the chosen and had a chance to see the christmas special you know that one of the standout lines of that episode was people must know people must know and That Jeopardy! evening so long ago was my wake-up call to realize that this is the thing that people must know. God is love. The second thing to notice in the text that we read is that because God is love, you are loved. Because God is love, you are loved. When our daughter, who is now 12, was six years old, she crawled into our bed one December morning and the very first words I heard that day were these, and this is an exact quote because I wrote it down at the time. She said, Mommy, I love you to the moon and the stars and the sun and all around space and back again a million, billion, billion times. Oh, it was such a beautiful way to start the day. But even greater were the words the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear next. That's how Karis wants to love you, but that's how God really loves you. Verse 9 and 10 of the chapter we read says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is real love. In sending Jesus into the world, God has loved us from the messiest manger to the cruelest cross, to the darkest grave, to the brightest morning. In sending Jesus into the world, God has loved us to the moon and the sun and the stars and all around space and back again a million billion times so that we might have eternal life through him. Earlier in this same letter, John writes in chapter 3, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. The Greek word for lavish there means to exceed measure, to be given so much of something that you have an exceeding abundance. Here's the truth, loved ones. God is crazy about you. He thinks about you all the time and every single thought God has for you is saturated with love. You are loved with a self-sacrificing, unconditional, relentless love. Ephesians 3 says you are loved with a love that is so wide, high, long, deep that you can never get outside of it. Romans 8 says that you are loved with a love so powerful, so eternal, so unstoppable, you can never be separated from it. If there's anything that warms our heart this Christmas or helps us find our way if we're feeling lost, let it be this. You are loved quiz: What is the most famous Bible verse in all the Bible? Now, come on. I don't want cricket silence like on Jeopardy here. What's the most famous Bible verse? Yes, sir. John 3.16. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, sometimes things are so familiar, we just don't hear them anymore. But let that just sink in for a moment. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved the world. God so loved. You know, and it's tempting for us to read that verse, and to just hear it in a global and universal way. But we should also hear it in an up-close and personal way. Right? God so loved Krista. Would you put your hand on your heart? And let's say it again, filling in your own name, speaking your name out loud. God so loved Krista. Because I think I still just heard Krista. So let's try it again. And you fill in your name, and don't be afraid to speak it out loud so that I can hear you and the person next to you can hear you. God so loved You are loved. Do you know what that means? That also means that God so loved the person that you find it hardest to love. Now I want you to think of the person that you find it hardest to be patient with. The person who rubs you the wrong way. The one who always disappoints you. The one who has perhaps really Wounded you Whoever that person is now don't say their name out loud in case they're sitting next to you (laughs) But just take a moment and say their name in your heart and Now say this quietly to yourself God so loved So what do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that god also loved the person that i find it hardest to love well we remember that because you are loved you can love because you are loved you can love look again at verse 11 dear friends since god loved us that much we surely ought to love each other we surely ought to love each other you are familiar with the phrase easier said than done it comes to mind here doesn't it be honest the ought here feels like a pretty heavy and impossible burden it might be the point of the of the teaching that we start tuning out and go oh yeah right but God doesn't know so-and-so It is a heavy burden unless we keep reading. Verse 15, all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. Verse 19, we love each other. Why? Because he first loved us. If there is someone in your life that you find it hard to love, take heart. You're not alone. And not just because all of us have people that we find it hard to love what i mean when i say you're not alone is it's not about you it's about christ in you because god is love you are loved and because you are loved guess what you can love years ago i met with a woman who was bitter and cynical And she was so negative and critical, and I sat and I listened to her berate her husband and belittle her fellow church members and sort of really bemoan every aspect of her life. And as I listened, I was also listening to the Lord, and I said, like, please show me the source of her unhappiness, because I really want to be able to help here. And quietly I felt the Lord whisper, she doesn't know. She doesn't know how much I love her. And so when she finally ran out of toxic words, I offered this simple response with her name. Do you know how much God loves you? And all of a sudden, this really hard facade began to melt, and her her eyes began to fill with tears, and with great sadness, she said, No, I haven't felt God's love for a long, long time. And it was a powerful moment because we had named the problem. The problem wasn't her husband or her children or her church members. The problem was that she didn't know, she wasn't experiencing how much God loved her. And the solution was not for her to try harder to love the people in her life. She had been trying pretty hard and it was kind of creating a lot of misery for everyone around. The solution was for her to be open up her heart to the love of God and to allow Jesus to live so fully in her that she would be able to fully love. Here's the truth, loved ones. We don't live and love like Jesus by copying him or by just trying to be like him. We live and love like Jesus because Jesus lives in us. And the more and more we allow his life and his love to be lived in us, the more we can live and love like him. As I said a moment ago, this isn't about you. It's about Christ in you. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. And what have we already said? God is love. So if God is love and God is living in you, that means that you can love. And in the times when you feel you can't, remember that the Jesus in you can. The last thing I want to highlight in this text before we close is this. Because you love, people can see God. Because you love, people can see God. Look again at verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, And his love is brought to full expression in us. It was my privilege to pay a visit to someone who was battling the deep darkness of anxiety and severe depression. And the darkness was choking out her ability to see God, to feel God, to hear from God. And as her pastor, I was so deeply moved when she said to me, Thank you for coming by. I don't know where God is right now but you are Jesus with skin on to me. God with skin on is what this whole season of Advent and Christmas is about. The theological term for it is the incarnation. God becoming human. John chapter 1 is arguably the greatest chapter on the Incarnation in the whole Bible. It's there that you will hear the familiar words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's there that we we know the familiar words, and the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word became human and made his home among us. And it's there that we learn, John 1:18. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. See the echoes of the two? It's not an accident or a coincidence that John repeats those words in our text for today, in 1 John. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us And his love is brought to full expression in us. See, Jesus was God with skin on. Jesus came to our planet to be the hands, feet, and face of God to a world that had never seen God. And he lived a perfect life and he died and he rose again. But then he went back to heaven. So now what? How do we see God now? how does god put on flesh now through our love no one has ever seen god but if we love each other god lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us here's the truth loved ones if you are a follower of jesus You are now the hands, feet, and face of God to a world that desperately needs to see God now more than ever. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are Jesus with skin on to the people around you. This Christmas, I challenge you to ask yourself, are people seeing God through me? Christmas seemed a very long way off in March and now it's five days away and some of you just went yay in your hearts and some of you just went yay because for some of you it's good news because it will soon be here and for some of you it's good news because it will soon be over I know I know you But no matter how you have experienced this Advent season, even at times if it's felt a little madvent to you, the truth remains. God is love. And God showed how much he loved us by sending Jesus into the world. And because God is love, you are loved more than you can ask for or imagine because you are loved you can love even the most unlovable person around you because it's not about you it's about Christ in you and then because you love people can see God they can really see God. Because you love. You can be Jesus with skin on this Christmas to your spouse, your siblings, your children, your neighbors, the strangers that you meet. Because of Jesus' love in you, people will see God through you. And so go from here to be a people of hope. Be a people of peace. Be a people of joy. But above all, be a people of love. Because people must know. Let's pray. Our gracious and our loving God, we thank you for your great goodness and for your unfailing love. We thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to show us who you are and to make a way for us to be with you here on this planet and forever in eternity. And I pray that you would pour out even more grace that everyone in this room, everyone who's listening online, that every single one of us would have a a new stirring of your love in our hearts. This would become more than, than words on a page or Or words spoken by a person, but words spoken from your heart to ours. Help us to know today, to really experience how great the love is that you have lavished on us. And help us to go out from here, to lean into and live out of that love in ways that are transforming. O come, O come, Emmanuel, we can't do this without you. But thank you that you've made a way for us to do it all with you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being God with us.